I want to uh, talk tonight about something that all of us encounter in life, and that's making transitions in life. You know, one of the most significant skills I think that we can develop is the ability to make good transitions. You know, transition and change is a fact of life. Uh, many points in life, you know, we transition that it takes place. And to make, to go from one place to the next involves, involves transition, and it insinuates processes. And really, in order to make good transition, you have to follow good processes. And so much of the time, I think people are disappointed in the outcome because they haven't done what it takes to get there. Let me, let me restate that. I think so much of the time I've been disappointed because I didn't like the outcome because I didn't. So, because I guess none of you have ever been there. All right, well, I'm, I guess I'm preached to me tonight. No, but good processes lead to development. Development fuels growth and growth enables transition. So I'm just going to make some statements here tonight before we get to something that, you know, involved with that. But, you know, uh, Brother Hagin in his book, uh, Growing Up Spiritually, he talked about the transitions that we go through naturally and spiritually from babyhood stage to childhood to adulthood, you know, and, to, and really beyond that to be adult mean being a mature Christian, a mature person. And each stage, you know, there's processes that are involved. There are uh, things that need to be done that will shape our growth and our development. And so these steps, these phases, these understandings, new ways of thinking have to be embraced in order to get from one place to the next. And so, you know, transition and change, as we said, takes place in every, every with all of us. Uh, sometimes it's unexpected transition, right? Something happens we didn't expect, but yet... We're going to see later, we got the mighty Holy Ghost on the inside of us. He can even show us things to come. Is that right? I mean, so there's, there, there, you know, really uh, know this, nothing takes God by surprise. Right? You know, no one's ever gone to God and said, well, God, you know, this happened. And he goes, oh, my goodness. Didn't see that one coming. No, he is the beginning and the end. He is the I am. So no matter where in time it is, God is I am right then. So nothing surprises him. But these transitions, and we, as we move through life spiritually and we move through life naturally, we're going to have to make transitions and develop. And it's not just about acquiring knowledge and skills. It's about growing as a person, developing mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You know, think about some of the transitions that take place uh, how many of you uh, parents, now if you've got little ones, you know, you, you, go from, you go from daddy to dad to father. As your children transition, you know, mommy, mom, mother. You know, you go from being uh, newlyweds to parents to empty nesters. Natural things, you know. Elementary school, middle school, high school, maybe college, trade school, whatever. And now you're an adult. You have to do adult things like pay bills. Hey, man. How many of you, just by a show of hands, you show us by maybe how, how young you are, how generous. How many of you, how many of you still, your parents are still paying your phone bill? Let me see. Now we got some folks. We got some folks there. They're in the house tonight. There's a transition going to take place. Just thought I'd 
I say that by the spirit of Tad tonight. There's a transition <laughs> that's going to take place. But as we embrace these dynamics of, of, uh, of the transition process, good transition can take place and positive changes made. You know, God is a God of increase. And we go, it, life is a, a life of increase with God. We go from one place uh, to another. We don't, we don't start at the ending place. And uh, I was telling this to students here, I believe it was yesterday, one of the great revelations that every person needs to come to is that you are where you are. And you have what you have. Now that'll really set you, because you are where you are. So you have to be honest with yourself. Where am I right now? You know, uh, the prophet told the woman, well, what do you have in the house? God asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? They were all trying to get, uh, they all had something they needed and they were looking for something else. And so really uh, what you have to go to the next place, you've already got. You just need to know the process of how to put that into, into application. You know, we go from, you go from uh, in the workplace, from an old position maybe to a new position, from an old department to a new department. Old responsibilities, new responsibilities. You might start in on a leadership, on an, I mean, on an entry-level position, but now you've transitioned more to a leadership. Maybe, you know, you, uh, you transition in relationships. That's always an interesting one. You know, when I was uh, back 40 years ago, hard, 40 years ago, 40, I say it again, 40 years ago. I've got a picture in my office of, uh, of, uh, from the fall of 1983, so that's a little bit over 40 years ago, of a uh, of, uh, championship softball team here at Raymond that I played on. And I happen to be kneeling down, and right next to me is Pastor Hagen. We played in a tournament, and we won the tournament. Different ones that are there, a lot of them out pastoring, doing different things, you know. But uh, at that time, we didn't have Raymond Bible Church, so nobody called him Pastor Hagen. You know, it was Reverend Hagen. Brother Hagen, but he came out, you know, I remember he came out and he said, now guys, when I'm here, I'm not a minister. I'm just one of the guys. Just call me Ken. And I'm like, you're my dad's age. I was taught, I can't call you that. All right. But out there, it was just, hey, brother Ken, you know, and you know, you know how it is with guys in sports, you know, somebody does something good, you just haul off and smack them on the backside. Well, when pastor preaches a good sermon, I don't go and run up and haul him off and hit him on the back. You know, good job, pastor. No. Why? There's a transition that takes place between the softball field and the pulpit, right? Now, a lot of people struggle with those type of transitions. Amen. You know, they, they struggle with going from friendship, maybe to being an employee or being a boss. You know, sometimes it's one of the, you know, one of the, uh, and, you know, and I love, I love my family. And uh, you know that. And uh, uh, I had been taking trips, you know, to East Africa for years on my own. Well, then my family started. They got to where they were going with me. And those were the most difficult trips I've ever had. Because there was not that transition. When I take students from here on a trip, I'm the dean. I wasn't the dean to these people. These people here. That one up there that was playing the keyboard my son, my nephew, my nieces and all that. I'm just me, right? So they felt free to just tell me whatever (laughs) and their opinion on how it should be done. And I'm like, I've been doing this without you for a long time. (laughs) 
Now, and it wasn't so, and I had to make transition because they had good ideas. But I had to make transitions from always being right because when I'm on the trip and I'm leading it, I'm right. And you have to walk in love whether you like it or not. David, you've been over there. David and I were roommates one year on one of those trips. Amen. So transitions, it's important to know. Like I said, you know, where it was Brother Ken out there on the softball field or on the basketball floor. Now it's Pastor Hagen. That's a transition. And sometimes, you know, you've got positions uh, uh, here at the ministry. A lot of folks, we have to wear different hats, you know. Sometimes, like I wear, here I'm in the pastoral position here right now. Uh, in the school, I'm the dean. That's a different position, you know. Got, and doing different things in, in uh, international rhema world, I'm in a different position. But you've got to know what hat to put on and what hat to take off. Pastor Hagen's talked about that a lot. But knowing transitions. But one of the great things that helps us to make good transition is to know the why. Knowing the why of change and transition plays a crucial role in influencing the entire change process. What are some of the areas it helps in? Well, first of all, motivation. Understanding the purpose behind the change provides intrinsic motivation. It just comes with the, with the territory. If you know the why, then on the, it's something built in with that. When we as individuals comprehend the significance and benefits, we're more likely to stay committed and motivated. It also brings clarity. The why provides context. It helps us to understand the rationale behind the specific actions and decisions. Now, sometimes, you know, uh, I know in, in, in trying, you know, we did our best to teach our children, you obey the first time with a good attitude. Now, why do you obey the first time? Because sometimes I don't have time to tell you why. Stop! You don't have time to explain it to the little one that if you take two more steps, you're, in a, you're going to get run over. Now, later on you can, but they have to learn. If they know, if you say stop, they stop. You know, sometimes it's that way with God. We got to obey the first time immediately you hear. Immediately the leading of the Spirit tells you, you act immediately. Don't question. You can find out why. But knowing the why, and we'll talk about how to get to know the why here in just a little bit, uh, really helps and brings clarity to the whole process, you know. And again, uh, I, think, I think we really, it's more, it, it's better for us. I almost said more better. Ooh, there's a process, a lack of English grammar. But it's better for us to concentrate on the processes than it is to concentrate so much on the outcome. Because, you know, if you're always concentrating on the outcome, you know what, our, you know what the, the human nature is to do? Take the shortcuts to get there. Think about Genesis chapter 3. Did God really say, did God really say that you'll, you'll die if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? No, God knows that when you do that, you'll be like him. Well, who do you think they want to be like? God. Do you think God didn't want them to know the difference between good and evil? He would have told them. They needed to know it. Right? But what, what was presented to them? The shortcut. And they took the shortcut and it cost them. I know a lot of times that you try to take, take the shortcut. Like, for instance, let's say you decide, I'm going to run a 10K. First of all, most of us in the United States, we have no idea what a K is. So, I don't know. I'm going to run 10 of them. Is that 10 steps? What is that? 10. But you're going to run in a 10K, 10-kilometer 10 race. 
and you just show up on race day, you look good, you went out and bought all the right stuff. But how many of you know, if you didn't go through the process of training, you're not running 1K. <laughs> Clarity. It also helps us to align ourselves. Knowing the purpose aligns us with the objectives of change. And it brings about, in a shared sense, it brings about unity when we're aligned together. Uh, it also helps us with uh, knowing the why helps us to communicate. When you know the why, you can articulate the purpose. You can create a shared understanding and help other people buy in. Sometimes, you know, uh, obviously all of us probably do a better job of, of communicating the why, but we have to know it. It also helps people take ownership. And I'm just hitting some of the highlights of some of these statements that I've been, I've been looking at this here lately. But ownership, ownership is, is good as long as you know where your ownership begins and where it ends. Right? You know, as the, as the, uh, as the dean of the school here at the college, uh, I, have a, I have to have a certain, I have a certain amount of authority, but it's all delegated. Just like in Christ, Right? I don't have any authority. It's all, my authority in Christ is delegated to me. And then I have to know, I have to know that uh, really, and I used to tell people this in churches, you know, with people, they didn't understand. I said, look, I said that, that I was thinking, especially of the second church I was at there in Kentucky, that pastor grew up there. His whole family was there. And we'd have different ones, staff members, different ones come in. And I'd, I'd try to sit them down and talk to them and say, look, they're not going anywhere. So if you mess up, they're going to have to deal with it. So, you know, you need to realize they have the ownership. They're, they're taking a great risk giving you part in it. But they need you. But don't ever forget who owns it. As I know that means some, some things to some of you. Some of you doesn't, may not mean anything to you right now. But just kind of bank these things if you, you know. Take these things and, and think about them. And also, you know, when you know the why, it helps you make a great cultural shift. And that's so important. Sometimes we need to change our culture. Now, I didn't say, when I say culture, don't think ethnicity. You can't change. Amen? But I'm talking about the culture, the way you believe, what you believe and how you do things. You know, we have national cultures, we have, you know, regional cultures, we have individual cultures. I mean, every family has a culture. All you married folks know that. You found that out. How many of you know there's more than one way to do something? There's the right way, the way my family does it, and there's the wrong way, the way my spouse's family did it, does it. You know, people, people get in our, have gotten arguments. You know, if you don't understand transition and change, you don't know why. You know, let's, let's, just, let's just go to something we all know about. Let's talk about toilet paper. You know, without getting into graphic detail, you know there's a why for toilet paper. So whether it rolls over the top or underneath is of little consequence to the why. So as long as it's there when you need it, 
Amen. Cultural shifts. It also helps us to be adaptable. We're getting ready to take mission trips, spring break mission trips here. And one of the, one of the things that uh, has been developed by the ministry here and Brother Joe Dunnick, who oversees our missions program, is the three I's. First one is, I will, be, I, will, I will not be shocked. But the second one is, I will be flexible. And the third one's really, I will walk in love. And I tell all the students and whoever goes with them, I say, and that means you walk in love towards me. And I kind of joke with them and say, because if you don't love me, you're going to hell. <laughs> and you know that's not true, but you know what I'm saying. But I will be flexible. You know, knowing the why helps you be flexible in the midst of transition and change. Some folks, they get going, and if it doesn't go exactly the way they had it planned out and their, their, their build-up expectations, they, I don't know the way to say it, they freak out. Amen. You know, life happens to everybody. Remember Jesus talked about those that hear my word and do it, they built their house on the rock. What happened? Did the winds blow? Did the rain come? Did the flood come? Yeah. But they're doing the word. Those things shouldn't happen if I'm, if I'm doing the word. But well, we live in this world, right? Guess what? The people that didn't, that heard the word and didn't do it, guess what? They got the same storm, except their house got knocked over. When you build your house on the word of God, you're going to have flexibility. All right. And adaptability. All right. Let's talk about the why. Let's take that word, why, W-H-Y, W, the word of God. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. God's word contains, now this is in the scripture, but God's word contains the patterns and principles upon which we can base decisions and actions for every situation and issue in life. That's why, you know, some people read some of these statements that, were, that are made and they say, well, that was written to a, a preacher. You know, I don't have, no, because you're going to have to make transitions and change. And the, the word of God is what has those patterns and principles for all of us, for every Christian that helps us base our decisions and then govern our actions. How many of you realize this? The Bible is our absolute rule of conduct. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says this. King James says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. A workman. Now, study means be diligent. Be diligent. I like this from the Amplified Classic. Study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to, to God approved, tested by trial a workman who has no cause to be ashamed. So he's writing this to Christians. It's not about whether or not you're saved or not. All right. But a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing and rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. I like that rightly handling, but I also like that accurately dividing. You see, we need to go to the Word of God and study it to the place where we can accurately divide out of it what it is we need to do, what it is we need to become. Now, the Word, you know, the Word is that hope setter, if you will. It sets the picture. It shows the end goal. The Bible says that we have that hope that He 
he's going to see us, and it says that hope helps us to live a holy life because we, we trust in him. It's what's out in front of us. The Bible the Bible's a great, great spiritual artist, if you will. It will paint a picture on the inside of you in your spirit of what God says you can become. It's a, he's a great artist. Same, same book, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse 16 and 17 here. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God, that means people, men and women, may be perfect, that means fully mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Well, thoroughly furnished unto what? Change. It's profitable. It corrects us. It instructs us. Instructs us. Here again, reading this from the Amplified Classic. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for reproof, and for conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will and thought, purpose and action, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work." And see, that's what we're talking about, knowing the why helps, helps instruct us. Well, the Word of God is where we're going to go get that. We're going to get, it starts with the Word. Hallelujah. So, it's not, I've said this before, and, and just now kind of tying it in more, you know, how many, you know, we're always learning, always should be growing. But I've said this before, you know, before making major, major decisions, spend a lot of time reading the Bible. A lot of time reading the Bible. Because God's not going to lead you to do anything that's contrary to his word. His word is his will. And faith begins where the will of God is known. How will we know what God's will is if we don't go to the word of God? All right? The H is the Holy Spirit. So the word and the Holy Spirit. The mighty Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says he's our what? He's our teacher and he's our guide. He is the spirit of truth. Look at John's gospel, chapter 16. John 16, verses 13 through 15. Jesus speaking here says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come? He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Now notice that. The Holy Spirit has the ability, because he is God, God the, God the Holy Ghost, God the Holy Spirit, to show you what's coming up and you don't even see it yet. Sometimes, you know, now we'd like to know everything, and, and I think if we did, we'd mess it up. Maybe you wouldn't, but I know I would. You, you'd try to make things happen that... It, that, you know, that don't need to happen right now and that type of thing. But he can give you glimpses of what's ahead and tell you ahead of time, hey, start spending some time doing this, or hey, start doing this. Show you things to come, he said. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Show you the what? The why. He can show you why. Look at Romans chapter 8. Are you doing all right tonight? So these are things not just, you know, well, I'm not talking about 
this is something for all of us. This is something all of us can do. You can do this. You ought to be doing this in your workplace. You ought to be doing this in your family. You ought to be doing this in whatever God's called you to do, uh, uh, to serve in the body of Christ, to be a part, you know, and to everyone to take up our part. Romans eight fourteen says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God or the children of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Now notice that in that verse, the why is that we might be glorified. He tells you, but notice here that he says, if you are a child of God, you can expect to be led by the spirit of God. So that's something that we should, we should be believing God for. Father, I thank you that I am led by the spirit of God. I thank you for leading me and guiding me. Now, like I said, God, why would God say something and then lead you to do the opposite of it? He's not going to do that. So God, the spirit of God is not going to lead us contrary to his word. That's why sometimes you say, well, how do I know if it's, if it's the Holy Spirit? Well, number one, does it agree with the word of God? And number two, is this going to bring glory to Jesus? Because he said, he'll glorify me. And he'll lead us and guide us into the truth. Look at John chapter 14. Jesus speaking here concerning the Holy Ghost. Let's just go right to the Amplified Classic in this one, if you would, guys, just to save some time here. John 14, 16, and 17. I will ask the Father. He will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Do you think God knew we were going to have to make transitions and change? Look what, they, look what the Holy Spirit does for us. He said that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and welcome and take into its heart because it does not see him or know and recognize him. But you know and recognize him. For he lives with you constantly and will be in you. How many of you know he's, he's in us? He's telling them he was going to be, but now he is in us. Glory to God. So let me tell you something. Let me just encourage, remember this, on the inside of you, you've got a counselor. You've got a helper. You've got an intercessor. You've got an advocate. You've got a strengthener. You've got some standby. Amen. Now, you know, a lot of cars that we drive today, they don't have a standby. You hit that thing and it just goes, you know, but those of us that remember driving eight cylinder cars, right? When you mashed on the accelerator, I don't care how fast you were going, you went faster. It had some standby. Glory to God. And if you were ever in a, like in a truck or something, you were pulling something up a hill, you wanted something that had a standby on it. Thank God. When we're doing, when we're doing, having done all to stand, we're standing. Thank God. We got more on the inside of us. We got a standby to come alongside and help us and then provide the fuel, the power, the inertia to propel us forward. He's our standby. Glory to God. And then... So thank God for the word. How many of you know we can depend? God's word is dependable. He's not a man that he should lie. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God. I mean, the Holy, uh, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, doesn't matter what you, how you refer, he's referred to both. The mighty Holy Ghost, the greater one that's inside of us. So we got the word, we got the Holy Spirit, 
But now probably it kind of really gets down to it. We got you, the why. It's you. You are an, a vital ingredient in the why of your life. Now, one of the reasons is because God has created us in his image with the ability to make choices. And I like to call it this, the principle of, or I, I actually refer to it to me, uh, the law of the whosoever. Look at Romans chapter 10, please. You could have the word on it. You could have the leading of the Holy Spirit on it. But if you never act on it, it's not going to happen. You could have all the insight. You could be clear on You could have all those things. But if you don't ever act on the word of God, you won't get to the place that you know that God said you could get. Whosoever. Romans 10, 9. We'll start there. What's it say? That if you will, conf- that you, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Who has to confess and believe? You do. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him should not be ashamed, shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now here's the thing. For a while when you're, you know, let's think about the babyhood and childhood. For a while there, your parents at one point almost have to do everything for you, right? And then you get to where you start doing something. You know, we got little ones, little grandchildren now that are starting to use forks, you know, starting to have their own. They may not get everything on it. It may not get in their mouth every time, you know. Every once in a while, believe it or not, I miss my mouth sometimes, so I don't know, you know. But, uh, you know, they're starting, to, and they're starting to do stuff on their own, but there's still a lot of things you have to do for them. And so that, that same thing's true spiritually, but there comes a time where mama can't pray you through this time. You're going to have to call on the Lord. You're going to have to take the step. You're going to have to put into practice the processes that the Word of God says to do. It's just like, you know, in James, James says, is there any sick among you? Let him, the sick person, call for the elders of the church. Now, I realize you could be, too, you could be so sick, you can't call anybody. All right, you could, it could be a situation where you can't. But for me to act on that script, I'm the one that's supposed to. Now, I may have to tell my wife, hey, could you call and but at least I'm the one that's reaching. I'm the one that's believing it. See, so if you come to me and say, you, you come to me and say, you think, if you think that I would be an elder, you would come to me and say, hey, would you come anoint so-and-so with oil? I, I'm going to ask you, do they agree with this? Is this what they want? Now you might, well, that's, that's kind of mean, isn't it? No, because we want Bible results. We're going to do it the Bible way. If two of you shall agree on earth is touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done. Not if one of you agrees and the other just hopes. Right? One believes and one hopes. Doing it the Bible way. It's a whosoever situation. Well, let's go to Mark chapter 11. Everybody say, I am a whosoever. 
So it's up to, it's up to me, it's up to you to act on the Word of God and to, and to act on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Brother Hagin said to learn how to do that is to instantly obey the leading of the Spirit of God. That's a great, that's a great. He said, well, how do you know? How do you know? Well, can I tell you something? Start in the small things. So many times we want to wait till it's an emergency and then hear from God. You know. And you can shandai hobo bo key all you want in an emergency, and that doesn't guarantee you're going to hear. Let me move on from that. Mark 11, look at verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by and saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter calling to remembrance said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, now notice this, that whosoever, everybody say it, I'm a whosoever. So it's talking to you right now. If you're a child of God, you're a whosoever here. So whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now it didn't say whosoever shall ask so-and-so to say unto the mountain. Whosoever shall call the pastor and ask the pastor to say. No, it said you who are facing the mountain, you say, you speak to it. Why? Because you know what the word of God says about it. You know this mountain is not God's will for your life. You know from the Word of God, right? Hallelujah. And I, I heard this when I was down there, and I, I, I'm hearing it again, so I'm going to say it. Some of you, some of you are, 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 uh, need to get yourself, start thinking about making a transition from being dependent upon that prescription. Now, don't start taking it until they tell you you don't need it. Stop taking it. But dependent upon that subscription or that whatever it is, and transitioning over into divine healing and health. But you've got to go to God's Word. Constantly feed yourself concerning healing and health. Constantly feed yourself. Go to God's Word and establish that I'm not the sick that's trying to go well. I'm the healed of the Lord. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Now, I can say that to you all, all the, but until you embrace it, it won't work. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. Who has to do that? I have to. You have to. So I'm responsible. To do what then? Go back to the beginning of what we said. Study to show yourself approved. That's my responsibility. It's my responsibility with the help of the Holy Spirit to rightly divide the word of truth. It's my responsibility to obey in the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's my responsibility to believe and to speak. And it's my responsibility to forgive. So why? The word, the Holy Spirit, and you. When you will line up with the Holy Spirit, who's always going to line up with the Word, then you're going to see the results that you're after. Amen? Because you're going to find out the processes, you're going to have a new way of thinking, and you're going to figure out that if I do this step by step, line upon line, I will get to the finish line. Amen? Of whatever it is you're believing God for. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand up on our feet if you would. Praise God. Give God praise for His Word. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for your Word. Thank you, Father, that you speak to every area of our life. You, t- you are the one who has all the answers. 
Hallelujah.